Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. If you need to figure out the true impact of your marketing and sales efforts to know what's working and what's not, get ready. We've got a provocative conversation with Mark Stoos, marketing expert and CEO of Proof Analytics. By the way, if you have a sales team and you want to boost results, you need to get to know the team at Selling from the Heart. What's great about Selling from the Heart is how it takes a different approach to driving sales. The goal is to build trust quickly with clients and prospects through authenticity. The result? More effective prospecting, higher close rates, and more referrals. Best of all, the Selling from the Heart methodology works well with your existing sales model. So to learn more, visit www.sellingfromtheheart.net and make sure to listen to me and my co-host Larry Levine each week on the Selling from the Heart podcast. Well, we've all heard the line that 50% of our marketing is working. We just don't know which 50%. Our guest today, he's got answers. Mark Stoos is the CEO of Proof Analytics, a marketing analytics platform that helps CMOs and CFOs bridge the ROI gap by providing cause and effect analytics. It shows marketing and sales true business impact and financial worth. Wow, finally. Uh, we'll learn about the company's proof business uh, GPS that guides everyone through the whole marketing lifecycle and provides a complete picture of a company's marketing efforts. This is super critical right now in an area where budgets are tight and marketing and sales expenditures need to be defended. So get ready, folks. Mark's an award-winning B2B CMO. He's one of the first leaders to connect all types of marketing investment to revenue, margin, and cash flow. Uh, welcome, Lynn Mark, to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Uh, it's great to be here. That was one heck of an intro. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's true, though. I mean, we are yeah, all noticing. It is. Now I'm under pressure to really, you know, like live it out, right? So, well, we have no doubt that you're going to. And, you know, this is a time right now, obviously, I don't think it's any secret to anybody that sales and marketing expenditures are under the microscope. If you don't know it, wake up. <laughs> it's true. It's a reality in all organizations. And today, it, you know, we've got to find ways to be able to justify that spend. Otherwise, it's probably going to disappear. Well, it's certainly going to be under a lot of pressure, right? Particularly if the macro really kind of does a dive. Um, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, is that when you're, you know, I can speak to this as a, a CEO of a startup, right? Where cash is king all the time, right? Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're under, if you're in a situation where you're feeling, you're starting to wonder whether you can afford something or not, right? You're going to cut it unless you understand that in cutting it, you're going to lose something of great value later. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Right. Um, that's human nature in a nutshell. And so 
the fact that marketing creates value asynchronously with sales, that's mm -hmm. point number one. So there's a lot of time lag involved in marketing impact. You're not just spending the money typically in a large B2B firm. You know, you're not spending the money and getting immediate impact. That's right. not the works. And even if you kind of engineer it that way, what it really means is that, so let's say you just say, hey, I'm really interested in what the value or the impact is in the following quarter. You, you're actually just leaving 90% of the total value that that investment uh, created on the table. You're just, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a very short-sighted understanding of it. So the bottom line is, um, and this is only becoming more true uh, as the macros really shifts. Um, but this has been true for a long time. You know, I mean, you know, we, this is the oldest subject in marketing, right? I mean, right. I've been doing this a very long time. I mean, I'm a former large company CMO turned software CEO. So I see it both ways, but I was, I mean, I, I had to deal with budget issues all the time and people, you know, in the C-suite who are calling bullshit on, you know, the value that we were creating. Yeah. So where do you begin? You're absolutely right. This whole thing of attribution and or what, what, what are we spending? Why are we spending it? What's the impact? I mean, if, if you're listening in now and, and this is uh, relevant, which it is to every organization, where do you begin this journey of going, okay, I see the writing on the wall. I've got to be able to make this bridge to revenue. Right. How do you start? You know, I think that they, you really have to start in the same way that any scientist looking at any topic on earth starts, right? You start with the question, what do you want to know? What is the goal? What are you trying to achieve, right? Um, and that is going to then say, okay, um, this is what a model, a mathematical model using multivariable regression. So this is like very common math, right? It's mm -hmm. no big deal. Um, this is what that would need to look like in order to answer this question. And that in turn tells you what kind of data you're going to need to arm that model. And so you kind of back into it and where most marketing teams are fundamentally erring, right? Is that they try and start with the data. Hmm. There's not a, there's, you look at the scientific method, right? There's just, there, nobody starts with the data. Everybody starts at the other end of the equation, right? I mean, this is Simon Sinek, you know, yep. plan with the end in mind, right? You got to start with the end result and go backwards. Um, so that's the way you start. I mean, the, the, when we onboard uh, a new customer at Proof, the very first meeting is, we, in fact, we, we tend to kind of almost do some of this in the sales motion, mm -hmm. right? Is we'll say, what questions do you have? What do you, you know, first meeting we typically have is with finance or sales, not marketing, right? And uh, and the primary artifact out of that first meeting is the, the questions that they want to have answers to, right? And so then we have a meeting with marketing and we say, hey, this is what your CFO or this is what your CRO or whoever it is. That's this is what they say they really want to know. Good news is we can help you get there. Um, we have a great platform, ready to rock. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm I'm curious, like, what are some of the common questions that come into those initial conversations? 
Well, you know, I mean, there is kind of a, a, a greatest hits. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it, in one sense, business, yeah. business and it and yeah, every business is a little different, but the core issues are, are remarkably the same. Right. Mm -hmm. So marketing's mission. So let's let's look at it from the perspective of marketing for a second. Right. Mm -hmm. um, marketing's mission is to help sales sell more product to more customers. That's revenue faster that's cash flow from revenue mm -hmm. and more profitably that's margin and now comes the, the the big important part of this sentence than sales could do by itself yes right right mm -hmm. so everybody wants to know okay out of all the stuff that we're doing in marketing how is that helping more deals bigger deals faster time to close, which also, if you, if you look at kind of the customer journey data is spread out across the funnel, right? So more mm -hmm. deals at the top, bigger deals is in the middle, more or less. Mm -hmm. Faster deals is stuff that really is impacting more towards the bottom of the funnel. So if you, you know, if you have a lot of, of uh, deals that continually slip, you probably have some trust issues. That's what it's typically correlated to a lot of trust data. So ESG data is a great example of this. Um, if you are constantly getting into the middle of the sales motion and people are saying, wow, you know what, this is really cool. And actually we want to buy more from you than we thought we did at the very beginning. That is usually very highly correlated with customer confidence uh, scores. Right. Yeah. So these are examples of the of the hit parade mm -hmm. and and other, you know, and they kind of scale as well. Right. So it's not just about marketing's impact on sales. It is marketing's impact on recruiting and retention. It's marketing's impact on overall CX. I mean, there's just like lots and lots of iterations. Mm -hmm. And then you typically have a given customer typically has anywhere from 20 to 30 models that they really have focused on, and then they scale those out into other markets that they're in. So they start running the same model, but in France and Germany or, or Singapore or whatever, instead of just at home. Mm -hmm. What are the biggest surprises that, uh, so, so you start doing this, uh, you ask the questions, you put the tool to work, and you start, what, what are the biggest aha moments you see people have where they go Actually, yeah th th i love those it's right? got to be it's got to yeah. be so interesting being yeah, a fly no, on the wall in some of those conversations yeah, no, totally so you know one of them is that you know when we first present to finance mm -hmm. you know what we're talking about analytically speaking is something that most of them are very familiar with mm -hmm. and so they immediately get it right and they're totally on board and then at some point in in the meeting you start to get little comments, right. To, you know, that, that are essentially, wow, this is great. We're going to finally be able to put the screws to marketing. Right. Okay. Yes. And you're, and you're like, well, get ready, you know? Um, and the marketers are tend to be, you know, not very happy and they, they're kind of afraid and all this kind of stuff. And then the analytics start to roll in and the net net is, is that, on, you know, the 80-20 rule is alive and well, 
right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. about 80% of the marketing spend, they have correctly assessed. They have nailed it, right? It is doing really, really well. 20% is underperforming or maybe it's not performing at all. Mm-hmm. But now they know and now they can re- they can take steps to optimize that and, and prevent that going forward, right? So in a sense, the finance people are kind of sitting there going, oh, wait a minute, right? This was supposed to be, you know, wipe the floor with marketing. Right. I thought we were going to grind them here and, right. and, and find some budget. And, and it's anything but that. You know, and all of a sudden the marketing teams are, you know, kicking back in their chairs, smoking cigars. Right. So, so that, would be, <laughs> that would be number one. Right. right. So Interesting. I, I think that the that the other really big one is that when you are running these models. Are really, you know, one of the things you have to factor in are all the headwinds and tailwinds right mm-hmm. in the marketplace, stuff that mm-hmm. you don't control. These could be competitor actions. These could be the macro, could be interest rates, could be whatever is relevant to your business. But they've got to be there because mm-hmm. they they actually, on balance, make up about 60% of what's driving the ultimate outcome. Interesting. So what you really see here is you're not building the wave. The wave is there, Right you're either surfing the wave well mm-hmm. or not well. Right. right? Um, and you, and in a very volatile changing kind of situation, this is one of the reasons why I like the surfing analogy, because if you've ever done surfing, that's exactly what it is. If you can't keep up with the, with the changing conditions, you're going to, you, just because you were doing well for a while, doesn't mean you're going right. to not wipe out. Right. Yeah. So, that is, uh, you know, one of the things that we see, we've really seen 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, year to date. Everything is different every year, right? I mean, and that's very unusual. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's not the norm. But right now, past is not prologue. Yep. And in any given year, if you said, well, I'm going to plan for the next year based upon this year, you would have been wrong. Which brings me to uh, the next question, um, marketing mix modeling Love the alliteration, by the way, um, yeah. marketing mix modeling. And, and this is a fascinating um, area in terms of saying, what can we take from the data to actually model what should be done? What I mean, where do we begin with that? That is a fascinating um, service. And you guys are, are leading in that area marketing mix modeling and data how, how do we start the conversation about that because i'm very fascinated about this area yeah so marketing mix modeling started 30 35 years ago procter and gamble mm-hmm. uh, rolled it out originally as as just econometric analysis is mm-hmm. what they called it um there is it's essentially using multivariable regression math mm-hmm. to to say, to do what regression does, which is, hey, I've got all of these independent variables over here. This is this is what I'm doing and what other people are doing. And I've got this dependent variable over here that is the outcome I mm-hmm. want to see happen, right? So I'm making all these investments and other people are doing things and all this kind of stuff. And how, what is actually, how does all this really shake out, yeah. right? Like, 
give me a stack rank of what I'm doing that's working the best to the worst, right? Give me a sense of the power of the, of the factors that I don't control. And thus, what do I need to be able to change in terms of what I'm doing to compensate for the stuff that I don't control? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what marketing mix modeling is. And it has been around and very successfully so. I mean, I think that the total addressable market uh, right now for marketing mix modeling is $4 billion-ish uh, around the world. But it has struggled in a lot of the same ways that analytics in general have struggled, which has nothing to do with data or the math. It's about how slow they are to generate, right? Very slow to, to create the models. The recalculation on the models is very slow. It's very expensive. Usually, you know, if you go to Nielsen or Newstar or yeah. analytic partners, uh, these are all consultant delivered models. Um, you're spending 3 million bucks a year for maybe two models recalculated every six to 12 months. I mean, it's just not, it's not operationally viable. It's right. accurate. All those firms are excellent. They're doing a great job. The math is great, right? But it doesn't work. I mean, when I was CMO at Honeywell Aerospace, the way that I dealt with this problem was I overhired dramatically on the data science team in mm-hmm. order to get the throughput and the velocity on the analysis that we really needed. That's what we had to do. It was a brute force solution. Yeah. And it was extremely expensive. I was spending seven, $8 million a year uh, just on that. Wow. And nobody really complained about it because it was more than worth it. But I, it started to, to dawn on me that there had to be a better way and that automation was a part of that. And so that's, we ultimately built proof, which is automated marketing mix modeling, right? So you get, and it actually operates today like a GPS on your phone, right? It's not just about ROI and all that kind of stuff. It's like one CMO said, you know, what's really cool about this is that I'm never going to be wrong. And it took me a second to kind of click with that, right? But if you think about, when you use the GPS on your phone to go somewhere, it's always telling you where you are and where you need to go. And even if you have to reroute, you're still going to get there. Right. right? And so in a sense, you're never wrong. You never get lost. Right. And that's proof in a a nutshell right there. That's fantastic. And I I think the idea of, taking that now and making that more real time, more accessible in today's marketplace. You can't wait for a a room or floor full of data scientists to come up with something. We've got to be agile and responsive and being able to do this in real time, like a GPS, brilliant, just pure brilliance. What are some of the biggest success stories you've seen, like where, where someone has gotten this data and had a massive aha moment and made a shift and seen a big result from it? Well, I mean, they've talked about it um, themselves, so I'm, I can totally share yeah. uh, Johnson Controls. Mm-hmm. So um, as far back as like the latter part of 2019, uh, they're, they're, when they were running MMM and running projections and forecasting and stuff, the forecasting 
on certain parts of their marketing portfolio started to show that in the future, it was going to have diminished impact. And they were, they had a basket of headwinds and tailwinds that did not include COVID per se, but were all things that would be impacted by something like COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they started saying to themselves, wow, you know, like, uh, in-person events, feel marketing, right? Um, man, by April, this is going to suck, right? Yeah. So they started, they, they, they really pay attention. They, you know what they, to their credit, they did not second guess the analytics and that really, that saved them about 6 million bucks in a field marketing expense. Cause wow. they were able to unwind commitments, uh, much earlier and not get hammered nearly as bad and then put that money to work in other channels that really, you know, were appropriate for a COVID era marketplace. Um, it also allowed them to totally change their core messaging, um, particularly in the building and HVAC and, you know, all that kind of space that they're in. Uh, it was really significant. Uh, you know, when no one's going to work, right? What that really means is so it, it certainly means that the buildings are empty and that could be perceived as a negative. But it's also a real positive because if you're ever going to do complete renewal on your HVAC systems and your electrical systems and all that kind of stuff, you ought to do it when nobody is there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they started really selling that way and they, they did really, really well with that. So, awesome. so that's a, that's a great example of it. Well, so as we wrap up this conversation, by the way, Mark, this has been fascinating. I'm really, really uh, excited about the, the talk track we've got going here. We've got a lot of smaller businesses, some startups that are, are listening into this going, wow, you know, I have to make marketing budget decisions all the time. Um, you know, I don't have an analytics, uh, platform. I, in fact, the budget decisions I'm, you know, would make as a small business owner would be small in comparison to these large businesses, but in comparison to our budget, these are big, big decisions. What would you say to uh, a startup or a small business, uh, owner that is trying to make this type of attribution and understand where to put their chips on the table when it comes to marketing? Well, it's, it, yeah, it's a huge issue. I mean, you know, proof is a startup, it's a scale mm-hmm. up now, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, we're definitely not SAP, right? So we grapple with this all the time because if we spend money poorly um, on things that maybe even take too long, we, you know, we need it to have an effect sooner. Right. right? Um we're a two-time loser, right? Because yeah. not only have we lost the investment we made, essentially, we lost what we could have spent that money on, right? Which is the giant cash flow impact, negative cash flow impact is the risk in small businesses. Yep. So one of the things that we have done is we, uh, we, we really believe that everybody should be able to use a tool like Proof. And so we price it accordingly, right? You can buy just a few seats, Um, you know, it'll be well, well worth your while in terms of calibrating it. Um, it's not hard to use, 
you don't have to have a whole team of analysts to run it. There's very significant automation uh, and guidance. So, I mean, you have to bring your brain, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's true for most things. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that, you know, it's it's really worth it at any scale. I mean, most of our customers are in the upper part of the mid-range into the enterprise. That's just mm-hmm. absolutely true. I mean, the risk that they're trying to mitigate is that if they spend $20 million poorly, even in a large company, that's uh, material when it comes to EPS. Yeah. Like if they had not spent it that way and they just, the way a CFO would look at it is I just let that money fall to the bottom line. That's several cents, maybe five cents of EPS, right? I mean, that's that's not a small thing. So that is, those are the, that's what they're trying to mitigate because they really, they don't have the same cash flow pressures that a small business does and small businesses are uh, doing it around cash flow. Yeah. We also, we, we, we price uh, MRR, QRR and ARR. So we give you that choice. Um, and so if you get into it and for whatever reason, it's just not working for you or you can't support it adequately or something like that, you, you can back out. I mean, and that's the way it should be. Awesome. Mark, uh, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise with us today. How can folks learn more? So our website is proofanalytics, just like it sounds, .ai. Uh, I'm also really active on LinkedIn. Um, and so if you want to reach out to me through LinkedIn Messenger or, you know, uh, you know, if you want to respond to one of my posts, um, I'll be happy to get in touch with you. Uh, my Twitter is also, it's at Mark Stoose, M-A-R-K-S-T-O-U-S-E, all one word on Twitter. Awesome. So yeah, please do. I'm, I'm welcoming. Awesome, Mark. Thank you so much. And uh, best wishes as you continue to scale this thing up. It's such an exciting field. Thanks, Daryl. Awesome. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. It is so exciting to be a part of a group of professionals that are dedicated to driving revenue growth. And whether you sit uh, with a sales hat, a marketing hat, you're an owner of a company, we're here to bring you innovation and ideas to help you grow faster. And today's conversation is just an example of that. I'm so excited to uh, have dialogue going around what we've talked about today. We've got a great roster of guests coming up throughout the summer. So make sure to like, subscribe, or push whatever button you need to push on whatever platform you listen to the Revenue Growth Podcast on. And by the way, thank you to everybody who is sharing and most of all, leaving reviews. It helps us spread the word. As I said, we've got a lot of exciting things ahead. I want to cheer you on as you are pushing to grow revenue in your organization. And as we say every week, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word revenue to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word revenue to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. 
If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.